Democratic administration greeted them. John Podesta, Bill Clinton's chief of staff for the final two years of his presidency, and James Steinberg, a former deputy national security advisor in the Clinton White House. We're going to go in with the president-elect and hear what you guys have got to say, Podesta said. John, sorry, McConnell said. He related Bush's instructions. Only the president-elect and anyone designated to take a top national security cabinet post could attend. Okay, I got it, Podesta said, barely concealing his irritation. Obama arrived still in full campaign mode with ready smiles and firm handshakes all around. He was buoyant in the afterglow of victory. Two months earlier, After receiving a routine top-secret briefing from McConnell on terrorism threats, Obama had half-joked, You know I've been worrying about losing this election. After talking to you guys, I'm worried about winning this election. McConnell and Morell sat down with Obama in a private secure room called a Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility, or SCIF. Designed to prevent eavesdropping, The skiff was windowless and confining, even claustrophobic. There were 161,000 American troops at war in Iraq and 38,000 in Afghanistan. Intelligence was making significant contributions to the war efforts, but the immediate threat to the United States came not from these war zones, but from Pakistan an unstable country with a population of about 170 million, a 1,500-mile border with southern Afghanistan, and an arsenal of some 100 nuclear weapons. Priority one for the Director of National Intelligence, and now Obama, had to be the ungoverned tribal regions along the Pakistan-Afghanistan border where Osama bin Laden, his al-Qaeda network, and branches of the extremist insurgent Taliban had nested in 150 training camps and other facilities. Combined, the seven regions forming Pakistan's federally administered tribal areas, or Fatah, were about the size of New Jersey. In September 2006, Pakistan had signed a treaty ceding full control of the Fatah's North Waziristan region to Taliban-linked tribal chiefs, creating a kind of Wild West for al-Qaeda and the Taliban insurgents attacking the U.S. forces in Afghanistan. In the earlier briefing, McConnell had laid out the problem in dealing with Pakistan. It was a dishonest partner of the U.S. in the Afghanistan war. They are living a lie, McConnell had said. In exchange for reimbursements of about $2 billion a year from the U.S., Pakistan's powerful military and its spy agency, Inter-Services Intelligence, the ISI, helped the U.S. while giving clandestine aid, weapons, and money to the Afghan Taliban. They had an office of hedging your bets, McConnell said. The Pakistani leadership believed the U.S. would eventually withdraw from the region, as it had toward the end of the Cold War once the occupying Soviet forces retreated from Afghanistan in 1989. 
If America moved out again, India and Iran would fill the power vacuum inside Afghanistan. Pakistan worried more about being encircled by India than being undermined by extremists inside its borders. The best way out of this would be for Obama to broker some kind of peace between India and Pakistan, the director of national intelligence had said. McConnell also discussed strikes by small unmanned aerial vehicles such as Predators that had sophisticated surveillance cameras and Hellfire missiles. The U.S. had uncovered evidence that the Pakistanis would delay planned strikes in order to warn al-Qaeda and the Afghan Taliban, whose fighters would then disperse. In June 2008, McConnell had taken human and technical intelligence to President Bush, showing multiple conversations between a Pakistani...